Hi cuties. Oh my God, I can't believe it. This is my first recording for vaulted episodes. I'm so grateful to be here. I am so happy to have these episodes in the vault as kind of an interlude between season one and season two. And honestly, I'm just so grateful that you guys are here along for the journey. I don't know. I'm just full of gratitude, I guess. And it kind of feels weird. It kind of feels exciting. It feels like a roller coaster, honestly, like this whole situation, journey, transition has been for me. Um, I figured what better way to kick off the vaulted re-releases than with my husband, Jordan Craig. Originally, this episode was recorded on a May 21st, 2022. Such a different time in our relationship, in our lives. We were relatively new parents and I don't know. It was just very interesting to see the different things that we were talking about, that we cared about, the way that we interacted back then. So much has happened between then and now, just personally in our relationships, in our dynamic, a lot of change for the better, honestly. Um, And this episode was a bit of a time capsule and really bittersweet to listen to, honestly. Um, Yeah, full disclosure, we bickered a lot this evening that we recorded this and I was honestly worried that nothing was actually going to come of this episode that we weren't going to get anything quality but in listening back I actually really like the episode I think we touched on a lot of good things and a lot of things that were obviously really relevant to our lives at that time so again to be able to see how far we've come it's it's been really sweet so I just want to dive in with you guys and have you hear the episode and then at the end stick around because there will be an after party where I talk about what I thought about the episode and the conversation that we had and the things that we talked about and you'll get more detail from me then so let's do it. Love it. Your fucking toes smell strong. <laughs> He's so proud. Ah, that was funny. <laughs> Keep that in the books, bro. <laughs> Stop. I'm a, I'm a fucking jokester. Dweebus Maximus. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have heard oh my what her face looked like there. Oh, fuck. That's so gross. You made it. I done fucked up. She tries to act so hard when it comes to liquor. That's not true. Gin does not usually taste like that. That's because I pissed in it. There's no ice in it. That's why. What? So watered down gin. Are you okay? <laughs> I was surprised. No, it just makes it taste like colder and better. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's colder. It tastes better. Look oh at my that God. face. Dude, that fucking... Put some flavoring. I need to drink that down so I can fucking add more tonic to that bitch. That's disturbing. <laughs> that is disturbia. Okay. Disturbia. Dana. No, we're going to get copyrighted. Jordan, stop. Stop. Oh, my God. That's so annoying in the headset. You. They want to hear beatboxing. I, I literally am going to throw you across the room. Oh my god, I don't know why that's pissing me off so bad in my fucking ears. If you beatbox again while my fucking headset is on, I'm literally going to end this interview before it fucking begins. Can you stop <laughs> silently? 
Beatbox. <laughs> you look so dumb with your hand moving like that. He's like fake moving a fucking disc and like then moving his hand all around fucking. <laughs> and you trying to. What's the word? Reenact. Reenact. Okay, anyways. So. It's classic. It, for anyone that knows Haley, classic Haley. So, anyways. Yeah. So. Give me a roundup summary of you. Go ahead. Who are you? Jordan. Hmm. 30 years old. From Canada. Mm. A. Mm -hmm. Married to you. The for best. For the past four and a half years. Mm, there it is. She'll edit that space out. Mm. <laughs> two children. Two lovely boys. Lovely. What do you do for work? I'm a metal fabricator. Now shop foreman. Holla for a dollar, baby. Um, I love my job. I'm an artsy boy. <laughs> and little artsy, you just do art, mom. Is that it all the time? Just an art mom. <laughs> just get the kids to do art for mom. <laughs> just an art mom. Is that what you said? <laughs> I said, do you just do your art mom? Like, <laughs> like I'm an art it's mom. Just art mom. Leave oh. me alone. <laughs> I'm just Emo. an art mom. I'm just an art mom. Because you said I'm an artsy boy. No, I'm going to be the dad that does the kids' fucking schoolwork. And well, then it's not going to be fucking me. No shit. No, you're going to be the dad that, like, does the science fair project and, like, gets them gold, but they didn't yeah. fucking touch it. Exactly. I'll teach them through it, but okay. I'll do it. I like hanging out in the garage and shop tinkering. Tinkerella. Just being a tinkerer. Just a little tinkerbell. I don't know what I do. You sit there and you... Don't do anything because you don't know what to do. Yeah. Been dirt breaking a little bit. Swag. I have random little projects. I cut firewood when <laughs> I find the time. Mow um, the lawn, you know, just I just know, dad things. Takes, yeah. What is free time now that you got two kids and a yeah. wife? Well, fuck, I, I wouldn't know. know. What is free time? Your wife is honestly the best part of your life. Truthfully. Uh, no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. She helps my life oh. a lot. Ugh. Best part of my life is just everything about it. Oh. Like right now in life, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Lego. <laughs> We're not endorsed by Lego. Yeah. But also. Everything is awesome. We could. No. Send this at, fucking, I would love a Lego sponsorship. Wilder would love a Lego sponsorship. Okay, this is your first episode. I'm chill plugging out. already. Yeah, chill. Okay, anyways. anyways so. so Every <laughs> <laughs> everything is awesome i think I, i've just i don't have enough free time to figure out like besides you know when you have responsibilities in life being a dad <laughs> sure do. and then being a spouse it's like responsibilities li like it just stacks up on each other and then by the time you actually have free time to do whatever you want it's like, okay, what do I want? Or you don't have the energy to do anything. You're like, oh, fuck, whatever. I'm just going to lounge about. It's like, I need to get a list together so that when <laughs> this comes out of nowhere, I can be like, okay, let's do that. You also, like, don't, like, you don't know your hobbies. Well, I mean, I'm kind of an artsy person and like to create things and whether it's with wood or metal or painting and... I just want to, I think I'm trying to find my 
myself with my when I have free time, I want to be able to do things that make me feel like it's a worthy, rejuvenated. Re, yeah, like I'm, it's like it's not wasted time. Like I'm doing it and it's making me feel good about myself. Right. Like, okay. Um, I'm with that. I'm trying to find out what that is again. Because, like what's I mean, filling your cup? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a very introvert. Introvert. <laughs> what is that? Introverted person. So. It's not like I had to do things to re-energize myself. It's just I had to be by myself. But now that time is so limited in my life, it's like I need to figure out the things that make me happy, that make me re-energize when I have free time. And also, I want to be a practical person to where if I'm doing something like that, why not also make side money? Yeah, but yeah. You know, True. Like I could do it and just do a bunch of random stuff, but why not make things or do things that could make me money that re-energizes me so that I could, because I am just a spender. Like I love spending money. But sometimes then if you have the like idea going into it that this is like to make money, then it loses its like hobby factor and then it like changes kind of like... You know, it yeah. morphs a little and then it's not so much like re-energizing because you're like, oh, I have to, it has to be perfect because I have to make money or it has to be, you know, whatever. Sometimes. But I was going to say too, like, because you were saying, oh, I'm introverted, so I never used to have to do anything. Like I just had to be by myself. But now that I don't really have time to be by myself, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but actually though, sometimes it's also just like you're exerting so much energy all the time for other people. It's like, what do I need to do for me that I actually want to do? Because my whole day is about other people at work and then at home and like, you yeah. know, so it's but like, but then I also just don't want to be a lazy piece of shit and sit there and do nothing. Right. So. Yeah, I know. But sometimes that's what you need to do because that's what I was thinking this morning. Like I was laying on the trampoline tanning, soaking in the sun. And I just like was thinking when I was laying there, I remember like even like, Four years ago, anytime I'd be like laying on the beach or whatever, I was always laying there being like, bro, I'm bored. I don't want to lay here anymore. This is like too much. I need to be doing something like I'm just like, this is boring. And now, and also I'd like have to listen to music or I'd have to listen to a podcast or do something. Cause I'm like, I don't want to lay here. And so like, I'm just bored. Like I'm just bored. And now I was like laying there today and I was like, the silence. Oh, yeah. I could lay here forever yeah. doing absolutely nothing because we don't have the opportunity to just be doing nothing. Like we just always have to be doing something or like, even if we get one minute to sit here and do nothing, it's interrupted because somebody fucked something up for somebody else or something, you know, children. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's also just about like relearning what it is that you actually need to feel refreshed. Oh, I think that's where you're at. Yeah. But I also just want to be able to, have unlimited spending money so why not? <laughs> don't we all why not be practical and saying let's find something that i can feel re-energized by and do and make money from it you know yeah like, it sounds like you just have to figure out what that thing is yeah but then like on the note of like finding out you know what it is that fills your cup and what that thing is that you need to be doing to make your spending money and all that stuff it's like in the last like we've been together for almost eight years damn 
And in that time, like, you are... Let's crack a drink to eight years. Holla. Yeah, in eight years, like, you're an entirely different person, as you should be, than you were when we started dating. Yeah. And obviously, some of that is due to just, like, time going by and changing as you do. But you've also, like, been through a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. There's been a lot of, like, changes in your life, our lives, whatever. Mm -hmm. Has it been hard, like, going through all these transitions? Or do you feel even like they were transitions as they were happening where you were, like, marking, like, okay, everything's changing right now. And, okay, everything's changing again right now. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's been hard because as you're going through it, you're not... You're not focused on what is hard and what is not hard. For me, the only time I started realizing things were different and hard is when I could look back and be like, wow, that was a difficult time. Because when you're going through something, you're focused on what you're going through and not, oh, you're not sitting there and be like, man, this is a tough time in life. I don't think you have time or the brain capacity to go through that. Looking back, it's way easier to decide what is hard and what's not. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things I've been through since we've been dating. I think even just being with you has changed me into the person I am today. I am more open-minded, way more open-minded to everything in life. And So what, you think you were closed-minded? Oh, yeah. I was definitely a closed-minded boy that thought everything in life was easy and like growing up, through high school and stuff, I never realized what a trial was or what it was to go through a hard time or like to me, like, oh, like I have two parents, life's good, right? go to church, life's good. If I have any problems, I'll just pray about it and they'll go away and life is fine. So you were naive. Yeah. Now that I look back at it for sure. In the moment, it was just like, oh, well, people are talking about tough times or their parents are separated or what is anxiety like i don't know i I was just like oh that's just a mindset just get past it like grow up like tough it out don't be such a wuss right right i just yeah i was a very naive so when people are talking about like oh my parents are separating and things like that like did you recognize then that you had it good or did you just think that sucks for you i was yeah i was just like well i mean Probably at that stage, I didn't really care. It's like, well, that's your problem, not mine. But like, how old is this? I don't know. Like middle school? Maybe middle school. At that age, you're not supposed to even know what that is, right? Or know what it takes for that to happen. So you're kind of just like, well, it kind of... But in that age, yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh, that kind of sucks. You want to play basketball? Like you're just not... You don't give a shit. You're not emotionally developed enough to no. know how to get through those emotions. I don't think you're supposed to be no, either. No, you're not. No, I Your agree. brain is so fresh still, right? Yeah. So I think for me, it was just like, yeah, I was just like, okay, that's cool, but I've got it easy, so I don't care. Sorry, I wasn't there in middle school being like, I don't care. It's just like, right. well, what am I supposed to? I don't know how to help this person. I'm not in a place where I, I can be there for them if they want to cry about it, but... I don't know what it takes for that to happen. But then like when, like since I've known you and you were 22 when we started dating, so you were like an adult, you know, this isn't like middle school brain and you've been through a lot of shit since we've been together Yeah, where you're more emotionally developed to be like, oh, I'm going through a hard time right now. 
you know, or someone else is going through a hard time and to be like a little bit more sympathetic and like maybe not as naive to emotion. So in those times when you were struggling, were you able to recognize those transition moments or those like life changing moments, Um, whether positive or negative? No, I don't think I was able to recognize shitty times until I started like doing some set, some therapy and like really talking about what happened in life to someone that's trained to do it. So how long has that been? I started going to therapy maybe like May or something in 21. So it's been about uh, a year. Yeah. I didn't know based on the way I grew up and my mindset, I didn't know how to navigate my feelings and um, kind of decide what I should do about them. It's way easier after going through therapy, or for me, it's way easier to go through therapy and like kind of learn about what situations can do to you and your brain Mm -hmm. and how your brain works and how your body reacts to it. To look back 5, 10, 15 years and be like, okay, those were transformational moments in my life that have created me to be the person I am today. Or has created moments where I'm like, that's not okay. Or being a dad, it's nice to go through those situations and have a mindset where I can kind of know how to navigate through things and learn from my past to where I can um, be a, a better father for my kids. Or like I can continually try to learn and put them through a better situation and teach them Because I think it's nice to be able to go through experiences where you can try and teach people, watch out for this kind of stuff or learn from this stuff or this will help you grow in this way or, right? you know, it's. So do you feel like since you've started your, basically like, have you noticed your therapy working? Yeah. Well, to step back a little bit, when COVID started, it was a very new situation that actually terrified me. And being in the, it kind of reacted in the the perfect timeline where I'm kind of a new father, right? Okay, now you have a life you're responsible for. So now it, you have to worry about your own health all of a sudden, you know, you could go, uh, when did we have Wilder? How old was I? He's two and a half. So 27 and a half, 27. It's not old, but it's like, if you're not healthy, you should probably Start looking. If you care about longevity, I was never a person that enjoyed exercise or gave really gave a shit. And I just like beer a lot. And <laughs> like I never got like ex- extremely overweight, but I've gained my fair share of the college 15 kind of thing. Mm. But when I had Wilder, it was like, no, oh my God, when I had. <laughs> when Haley pushed Wilder out of her oh vagina. Oh my God. I never had him. Okay. When Wilder was born, I did not do any of the hard work. <laughs> this is my feminist side coming out. <laughs> when Wilder was a human being on this earth <laughs> yes. and, and I had the role of being a father, it's like, okay, do you want to live till you're fucking 90 now and see your kids have kids and be like a grandparent? Yeah, obviously. So reality smokes you in the face all of a sudden. Now I'm anxious. Like, I've never dealt with anxiety. Okay. I dealt with this not even knowing it was anxiety. Right. Right? So, Wilder was born. 
I started getting a mindset where I was like, I love this kid with the entirety of my heart. And I want to see him have children. So thinking about that all of a sudden is just like, well, hopefully I can make it till I'm 80 years old. So what does that take? Do I have family genes, history of uh, cancer or like disease or anything? All that stuff. It all of a sudden just becomes apparent in your mind. You're just like. Right. So you kind of realized your own mortality. Exactly. And then all of a sudden through COVID, which just started in 2020. Yeah, Wilder was like six months old. Yeah. Just the way it was brought on to everyone and it just it kind of scared the shit out of me and Mm -hmm. i was a new parent and like this is this is scary like of course and i worked in a metal shop my whole life so the way they related covid to affecting people was through respiratory Mm -hmm. illness right and you like breathe in a bunch of yeah the air quality in a shop as best as you can try there's grinder dust there's welding smoke like it's not healthy right so i overthought all that stuff and it it just really affected me and i was like oh well if i get covid i'm probably gonna die kind of thing like at the beginning of it was pretty extreme i love stupid stories and like getting stuck and sucked into the rabbit hole of conspiracies but i it wasn't healthy for me to like look down that hole and it was probably the first half of a year that covid was around that i just was like relentlessly mm-hmm. d- like staying up all hours of the night and just spending hours a day reading into these bullshit conspiracies and all that dumb stuff and it would just put me in a mindset of complete and utter like i would die right a thousand percent if i got this panic almost it was yeah yeah it brought me to a mindset where i would get home from work and everyone knows if you start thinking about breathing you start you're <laughs> you like can't do it yeah. it's, it seems awkward but yeah. when in that mindset i was in i was like oh i can't breathe i'd like should i call the doc like should i call the ambulance right. like haley's gone i need i need to get to the hospital yeah like ridiculous as it sounds yeah overthinking over yeah it's so ridiculous to think of it now because it sounds so stupid but in the moment i was genuinely yeah. concerned with my well-being I didn't know what to do about it. And that was so scary to me. I'm feeling what anxiety is. How did you come to the conclusion that it was anxiety? Like, how did you go from like, oh, this is real to, oh, this is anxiety? I don't remember. Because I feel like what you're describing, the like going down the rabbit hole, the panic that I'm for sure going to die if I get this. Like, I don't think that was just you. Like, I'm pretty sure that was like the overwhelming majority of the population in the first half of the first year of but i was also snowballing that with being a new dad and already having yeah now looking back like health anxiety forever it wasn't anxiety yeah for sure forever yeah right so it was just kind of like a bad timing for it all to happen because then it just slammed me against the wall and was like okay you need to figure this out oh you don't have time to figure it out now i get that because like i didn't have the anxiety piece but like yeah being a new parent is such a wild transition without a fucking pandemic but then you throw in all the stress of like oh our entire world as we know it is like upside down its pants (laughs) like that gives like another layer of stress to like adjusting to being a new parent 
I almost would have rather had no time as a parent before the pandemic. Six months is like we were just getting used to having a baby. Like we were kind of just coming out of like the newborn infancy haze. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, everything is upside down. And now we're all stressed. Just realizing that you're not going to sleep a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. But so you don't remember how you got to this is anxiety. Um, Like I can mentally remember two moments that I was like overly stressed and to my mindset was having like a panic attack. Right. And it wasn't like ex- like super extreme to what I've heard, but to me it was very extreme because yeah. it was so new. And I remember just being scared to tell you what I was going through because I didn't want to seem weak or like vulnerable to you for some weird reason because i'm like this is so new to me i don't yeah. want to like scare her anymore then it should be i don't know what's going on but then i'd just be like I, one more i remember laying in bed just crying but not crying like tears were just mm, like your body was crying i couldn't i couldn't fall asleep and that like for me that is so rare like i fall asleep <laughs> all the time i just remember like tears running in my face and i got to a point where i was like Haley, like I, this yeah. is so weird. I don't know what is reality right now. Like I'm, 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 I can't control what anything. Like my brain is so fucked up. I'm just like, I'm fucked right now. What yeah. do I do? What do I, like help me? Like so when so was that one of the two moments that you were having a panic attack? Oh yeah, I just. Did you know you were having like an anxiety panic attack, or were you like think, I'm dying? Well, like, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think I'm stupid, but I was also like, I'm not okay. I think this might be like stress or, well, since the beginning of it, I didn't want to talk about it, but I know what it felt like to be stressed out and be like, okay, I'm stressed about my health. I'm stressed about all this, but okay. And now I'm at a point where I'm crying in bed and I can't control it. I'm having something like this is a panic. To my best knowledge, this is a panic attack. Stress and anxiety are different though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because stress, like, well, I feel like yeah. stress so is in inevitable. That, so in, in that moment, I didn't kind yeah. of feel the two. I didn't really know. Yeah. Now I know. So is anxiety what brought you to therapy? Oh, yeah. Anxiety and realizing that if you don't work through things and you let them just fester, it can turn into anxiety and it can turn into an unrealistic, stressful panic attack. Yeah, like spirals. Like, I don't want to go through that. Why not just get it over with? Like, work through the bullshit. Well, but, like, do you think that anxiety is something that you can, like, you get over it? Or is it just, like, you find ways to live with it? Yeah, you find ways to, yeah. Because, no, you go. Anxiety to me was just, it's weird to notice what it is. Right. I can't say that I never felt it growing up, but I've never heard or my parents never talked to me about it. Right. I've, I've never seen, or maybe I've seen it through my friends, but they've never said, oh, I'm anxious. Yeah, like wasn't normalized I, in I your think, world. Yeah. Well, I think nowadays it is very more mental health Absolutely. wise, which I think it is very awesome that people are finally being like, man, mental health is very important. It is. Yeah. If in, within families, within your personal health, within be, like being a good employee, being a good boss, like yeah. just deal with your bullshit. Yeah. So that you can be a good person to yeah. people around you. But like for yourself. So you can be a good person for yourself. Because why As, would you like you fix were yourself saying. first so you can help others, right? Mm, thank you, RuPaul. Yeah. How the hell are you gonna love somebody else, baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
I feel like what you're talking about is something that like a lot of people deal with. And like for you, you were saying you didn't you didn't know that yeah. you were like experiencing anxiety. You didn't know you had well, anxiety. And I think that's really common. Oh, 100 percent. And for the person that I was growing up, I was like, oh, what do you like? What do you mean? What are you anxious for? What's stressful? Grow up like right. man, man up like. But that was like a product of your environment a hundred percent but it's also like as men you think like oh it's just kind of kind of like oh whatever you're not allowed get through it yeah i think that mindset came from like the fucking war ages where it's like they had to yeah but that mindset is bullshit (laughs) well i think nowadays for sure we need to be more um mentally cautious and mentally aware aware of where we're at and who we because i think it is way more beneficial nowadays especially because we're so overstimulated within everything from social media to everything thrown in front of our faces it's like you need to realize how to work through shit back in the days when they kind of had to go through shit it was they didn't have say like you came home from the war you didn't have a bunch of shit thrown in front, or I can't speak for at that time because I was never there. But you not you can have your phone where you had shit thrown in front of your face all the time. You could get home and kind of decompress. Yeah, but right? how do you decompress from the shit you see at the war? No, in the that, war? yeah, like, like that's a man. Maybe, yeah, war PTSD is its own beast. But I think like what you're touching on is important in that like previous generations i think like our generation is kind of the first generation of especially parents that are like really aware and want to be like you know doing not doing better i think everybody wants to do better for their kids but i just mean like stopping generational trauma like fixing our shit so that we don't like give it to our kids like that kind of stuff but on the note of anxiety i think a lot of people are going through or have gone through what you went through not knowing that it was anxiety and that kind of thing so basically what i want to know is how do you protect yourself now that you know what your anxiety looks and feels like and when you are experiencing anxiety what do you do to like get through it remedy it I don't know if I can prevent myself from getting anxious. No, I don't think so either. But say I'm feeling anxious with you, I'm more in a place where I can say, okay, I need to kind of either step away from the situation or we need to talk about this because I'm starting to feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Or when it's extreme, the grounding did really work for me. Right. And the having a shower really worked for me. Like feeling the the water on your back. Because for me, the the big anxieties were I'd be holding Wilder, kind of rocking him to sleep in the pitch black room, and I almost lost what reality was. And it's weird to hear that now, but I almost was just like rocking him, and it's pitch black, and I was looking around, I'm like, wait, what is... Yeah, like you weren't grounded, essentially. I, yeah, I was just lost in like the black space. Right. And like your mind just goes to places and what is reality? Where are you from? Right. Like what? And you're like, that's a place where you're just like, all you have is you're holding a child and you're trying to get him back to sleep. But then you're trying to like stay awake at the same time because you're like trying to <laughs> it's rock It's three him. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like what the heck am I going through right now? Right. So it was just, and looking back is funny, but it was also just like, I can't look back and say I didn't want to go through that because it it helps me now. Mm -hmm. But like, how do you protect yourself? Because you can't prevent it. You're right. Yeah. But you can do things to like kind of protect your 
energy in a way so Um, that you are not like throwing yourself into situations that are going to make you anxious. Yours is health anxiety. So you can't, I mean, ultimately like you could get sick from anywhere. So you like, I think you've handled it really well. And like, you haven't gone down the like hypochondriac route where you're like, I'm never going out in public. I'm not like, you're not like that. But how do you protect yourself from your anxiety creeping in? And when it does, you, so you're saying grounding, you have a shower. Grounding being feeling your senses, yeah. like really focusing on where you are, what you're feeling, seeing, etc. Yeah. Showering, I think, is like huge across the board for most people. Well, they say it's like all your senses, yeah. trying to like stimulate all your senses. Mm-hmm. So, or physical senses. But stay out. I don't, I guess I don't try to stay out of being anxious. So let me reframe it. Yeah. Because you don't get as anxious as you used to, like a year and a half ago, two years well, ago. Well, health-wise kind of thing. Well, I think across the board, you just don't carry as well, much anxiety. I, yeah, but I was never a very anxious person until it became real when it was like a health situation. Yeah. So, so you think the pandemic slowing down just slowed down your anxiety? And kind of going through, through therapy and realizing what is kind of realistic and what's not realistic. So you think the pandemic slowing down, slowed down your anxiety. If the pandemic spiked, would your anxiety spike? No. Again? So what's different? Uh, well, I don't want to get into the stupid COVID talk, but like I think a lot of people think half of it is bullshit. So So you just have come to a different place on your beliefs is the thing, basically. Oh, yeah. Within okay. COVID and shit. That kind of leads me into like another question that I have sure. for you. Because you were just talking about basically tripping out in the dark. And you said, where do we come from? Yeah. You grew up in a very religious home. You live multiple decades in the church. And you do not anymore. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's a huge change. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you smiling? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I've never had this conversation with anyone in my family yet, so... Oh, so you're nervous about it being like... Not nervous, just like whether you have the conversation with them or they just realize it in passing, I don't know. But, okay, let's let's start basic. Growing up in a religious home, you have certain expectations of your own life. Like you, you always expected to get married, is that safe to say? Oh, yeah. So, as we know, I... Well, as you know... Yeah. I did not expect to get married. So right there, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Growing up expecting to get married, like what did you think it would be like and how is it living up to that expectation? Hmm. Or is it living up to that expectation? How does it differ or align? Yeah. I guess when you're growing up and you're told that marriage is the way to go, you don't have the full explanation and mindset on what mm. marriage is. Right, that makes like sense. You're just kind of, especially I think in the church culture or the Christian culture, it's like divorce is not a thing. Right, like, right, right. You don't. There's a lot of pressure there. So all the kids growing up see the parents are always together. But then once you are married, you're like, oh, wow, there is moments in my life that I don't want to be with this person. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. Reality kicks in. You're like, it would be easy to get divorced. Mm -hmm. Whether that's the right decision or not, I don't care. Yeah. If people decide to, I'm not going to see you differently. 
Yeah. Like in my friend zone, because that's just who I am now. But in the church culture, from what I grew up in, it's like you don't get divorced. It's biblical. You don't. It's you can't. And you know what? I can't say anything against them because I don't care to do any research on what the Bible says about it. Mm. It doesn't bother me. But I'm also like, live your life. You only live, luckily, to 80 years old. What's the fucking point to be miserable your whole life? But are they still pushing that narrative? Like, I like don't we know. haven't been in church in so long, we wouldn't know, obviously. But yeah. I'm like, I really wonder, like, if they're if they're actually still pushing the divorce is not an option narrative. I mean, I can't say it was a majority of the like sermons I've listened to growing up, but but it's like the underlying. Well, and like, there's a fucking million different lines of your life that could be affected by that or could not be affected by that like Mm -hmm. being married has so many different ways it can go like life is so broad being married is so broad it's like just because you're a christian you're not going to get divorced like what if that's the best like thing for you yeah what's that what if that's the best decision for you and your children yeah like and sometimes it is and if it is, and you're going to sit there and be like, well, I can't because uh, my church will look at me bad. Who gives a fuck? Like, well, you're going to you're gonna worry about what your church thinks of you before what your children think okay, of you? Okay, okay, but take yourself out of your mindset that you're in now. Because nine years ago, five years ago, you wouldn't have been saying that. Yeah. Like, you would have been like, because there, there are things that came into our relationship because of the way that you were raised. Obviously, everybody has that happen. But like I'm specifically talking about like church things that Mm. you don't believe anymore because you've kind of gone through this like almost like identity crisis Mm -hmm. in like sorting through and kind of like figuring out where you actually stand yeah which i think everybody goes through at some point but it's or they should go through it's really easy to say now that you're out the other well you're not even out the other side but as you're like coming out the other side of the identity crisis it's really easy to say why would you think that way yeah without remembering that you did think that way you know what i mean but like i guess what i kind of want to know which, like, you're right. Growing up, it's not like you're, like, a child, like, thinking, okay, this is what I expect out of a marriage yeah. and whatever. But also, like, growing up in the, like, everybody is is still married, you know, culture, like, you do have expectations of a marriage now. Like, also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you grew up in, like, a bit more of, like, a traditional setting where, like, your mom stayed home with you guys. Your dad worked and your mom cooked and like just the traditional kind of like things that way so did you come into or did you grow up thinking that that's what a marriage was oh yeah and how did how did that play out when you met me because i'm sure you knew before we got married that that wasn't the vibe fucking everything (laughs) oh fuck off no yeah no i had that mindset but i also i think i was a very i didn't want you to feel like you had to do everything I think that's more of like a natural me. Like I was always there to help you and make sure that I I never had that mindset to where I should come home and you have to have dinner ready. It doesn't, it never bothered me if I came home and it wasn't ready. It's like, Oh, well you need help. Like I'm here to help you Mm -hmm. or, um, like dishes or like house cleaned. It's like, no, I'm like, I, I think I had a pretty 
natural mindset to where I'm here to help you through. Right. Like I can work hard at work, but I can come home and I can work hard. Like I don't think I had to learn that really until we had children and I saw like the reality of you actually being a mom and the the more work you did. I felt inclined to do a little bit more. Like, I've always been the person to make sure that you're in a, an okay place. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to make you feel stressed. But, I mean, there were obviously days that I came home just like, I can't help you. Like, I'm fucking yeah. exhausted. Of or, course. like, there, I'm sure there was times that I was like, really, you can't just have dinner made. Like, I'm not fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I was obviously triggered some days right i don't know like i'm not trying to paint a picture that i've been a fucking well you haven't no a top dog spouse but oh i was also yeah well i think we're pretty yeah but i think like we've been pretty level with that kind of thing like it's not but that's what i mean like so was it like so you're saying you always had the mindset of it's a shared thing growing up were you like oh well my mom had dinner ready for my dad so like my wife will have dinner ready for me yeah i don't know can't remember if mom i I mean dad never fucking cooked so (laughs) and he still says that like it doesn't bother him but yeah he'll barbecue but um, yeah, I don't think it was like instilled into me. Like, well, that's what. Right. Well, it's biblical. Like, the, right. the women should have their food on the table. So, was there anything like coming into a marriage that you did expect? No, there was nothing that you expected. I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, I was never in a long-term relationship anyways that I was like, oh, potential of marrying this person could change my life. Right. So obviously growing up in like a very faith-based household, I'm sure you grew up expecting to raise your kids that way. But to date, we haven't raised our kids that way. We don't take our kids to church. We don't read the Bible. We don't pray before we eat. We don't do all of these things that you grew up doing for sure. What do you think? Like, how do you feel about parenting our kids so differently from the way that you were parented i think it's the perfect timeline now to be going through the shit that i've been going through to try and figure out what i actually do feel and believe in because they're in a place where they're not at an age where they would even understand any of that but right now in my life i feel like it is the best place not to encourage stuff that doesn't matter right now I think just being a loving family and raising my children to be totally inclusive and extremely Mm -hmm. loving and extremely kind Mm -hmm. and just kind of just accepting like a fully accepting person, but also being okay with what you think is right. Right. And not being overly protective of it. Like if other people think that what you're going through is wrong, that's okay. Like they can have their own mindset on things. Yeah, just being open-minded. Just being a very open-minded. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't think that what I'm doing is right, that's fine. But it's not going to change my mindset on it. But I'm also going to be loving and respecting of what you're going through. Like it's just being a, a... a genuine person like being kind loving and not giving a shit what other people are going through to Mm -hmm. an extent of oh i should judge them on it but i'm going to be there 
for them if they need it. Yeah, like giving a shit what other people are going through, but not letting it define those people in your eyes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm constantly going through my own mental battles between all of that because it is the majority of my life that I went through having a belief system right. of something. Right. So for me to be going through and I've like gone through it in very different ways constantly and it's just a very open-ended subject in my mind and I've been going through therapy with it. I don't want to say I'm fully set in a certain stone, but I'm also not trying to encourage people to be set in a stone because you don't have to be. I don't think it's important to have a belief system. It's just like, why can't we just raise children and encourage our friends to be open-minded and um, accepting of a lot of things in life? But also, I mean, I also don't think it's wrong to have moral standards that if people don't agree with you, it's like, okay, you don't have to agree with me, but I'm not going to call you a piece of shit for not agreeing with me. I'm going to be the nice person and be like, okay, well, that's what I believe in. If you don't, it's fine. I'm still going to like be there for you in a support system. Right. So if I could summarize what you're saying, I think you're saying we're modeling for our kids, being open-minded and loving everyone, Yeah. which is by the way, is not unlike what they're trying to tell people in the church mm -hmm. to love everyone. Mm -hmm. But we're like showing our kids that we can't just like be perfect. Right. <laughs> that. But I was going to say walked over. Like yeah. you don't have to have like not everybody has to agree with you. Yeah. But also you don't have to stand for people being dicks to you. Yeah. Either. Oh, exactly. Like don't be a fucking yeah. wuss. Like. If you're going to have a mindset on something, you don't have to be a dick about it, but you don't have to back down from people Stand questioning you. Stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think having morals are wrong. Cause no, I think you need them. They're very fundamental. Yeah, you need them. Yeah. But if someone's going to question you on something, you don't have to just buckle down and be an asshole about it. It's just like, no, that's just, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like... If you don't agree with it, that's fine. If it's someone's questioning you that you don't know, it's kind of like, well, I don't give a fuck what your opinion is anyways because I don't know you, but I'm still going to respect you as a human being, right? I think that's just what it has to come down to. It's like we just got to respect each other as human beings and we got to be morally sound with you know what? It is our duty to be a nice person and kind of accept of all areas of life and all races of life right and it's just like you have to have a moral standard of human life just be a nice person just be kind be generous be a very selfless person and you know what most of the bible talks about that and most of jesus talks about that but it's also just in my mind a form of regulations that either you can learn from or you can't learn from it like i'm not gonna say my whole life was wasted but i i learned a lot from it Maybe it's not the end for me. Maybe it is. I, I'm not going to put a fucking... Who knows? Who knows? Like, I've got hopefully many years ahead of me that I can... I want to keep molding myself as a person. Yeah. I want to keep expanding my mind and, like, learning from history and learning from people that I can look into and trust. And mm -hmm. I think that is part of our calling is, like, trying to put things out there that people can learn from like even in this podcast is like someone can learn something from yeah. me it's like cool well ultimately if you ever stop searching i mean you're kind of fucking well, yourself over what's the point of having a closed mindset what's but people do it yeah but so the way that we're choosing to raise our kids seems to be pretty different from the way you were raised yeah does that scare you at all not at all 
because the person I am now, I feel so much more confident in where I'm at with my mindset on things and Right. I'm not fully dedicated to something, so I, I don't feel like I have to like tell them there's a certain way to live. It's like, no, I'm I'm ready to mold as they are ready to mold. Like I'm molding as they're molding, but I'm of course trying to guide them in in life from my experiences and from our experiences together. It's like that's the way life goes, right? You can't uh, yeah. expect things to not change. You can't. It's kind of like being a fucking gecko. Like you just got to mold and like be able to. Is that the right analogy? A gecko? No. That's <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. No, like a reptile that morphs into its surroundings. Like you just got to oh, be chameleon. able to. Yeah, that's the one. You just got to. Interesting. You got to like life just moves on. Like you can't. We have to be able to adapt. Adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Adapt and move forward. Because to me, being a chameleon is not a good thing. Because being a Blending. chameleon is is changing your skin to fit whatever environment you're in. I think, and I'm not trying to have my yeah. kids learning to fucking be changing and adapting. Adapt, yeah, but don't morph to fit Other whatever narratives. Nah. Whatever is around you, because that's you. You're not yeah. your own person I that think, way. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways of taking that though, which I agree with yours 100. percent Be your own person, but it's also like you have to be willing to. To what? Morph. You can't be stuck in your same old skin. I think you have to be willing to adapt. Yeah, but you still have to be willing to morph to eventually adapt. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. We just have a different visual. No, I'm just saying the chameleon thing. There are good representations of the chameleon because it's like in each surrounding it goes to, it's it's able to adapt to its surroundings. And survive. But it's because it's open to go to different situations and adapt, right? Yeah. So I guess it's kind so. of, I think it's both. Going back to the faith thing just for one more second. It doesn't b- bother you, it doesn't scare you that we raise our kids differently than yeah. you were raised. Yeah. Because I wasn't really raised that way. Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that both of our parents are still very much involved in the faith world and just with our kids spending time in their yeah. homes and things like that, they are exposed to these things. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because I know how I feel about that, yeah. obviously, as the other half it's, of their parenting team. Yeah. But I'm not scared. Like, I'm happy for both our sets of parents. Sorry, what I mean is you feel so strongly about how you feel about your faith experience yeah. and our parents are having different ones yeah. and our parents are showing the opposite side of what you experienced to our kids. Yeah. But I also know that where we are together, I want my kid to be open-minded enough to ask questions like that. And I'm happy that I went through that situation to understand that side of life to where if our kids want to go that way, then I'm going to support them. And hopefully they learn something through that. And if that's something they want to continue going through, then that's fine with me. Like, I'm, I don't want to be a parent that's in total control. Like, they have their own minds. Yeah. Right? I don't want to instill a certain mindset on their life that they have to live by. Right. That's, uh, in my mind, that's fucking stupid. If they want to li- grow up and they find, like, relevance within Christianity and they want to live their life that way, that's awesome. I'm down to talk to them about it. I want them to live whatever makes them feel happy. 
if one of my kids wants to be a Buddhist, then I would love to learn about that. Right. That's what they learned from friends or whatever. If the other kid wants to learn about being an atheist, cool. Then let's talk about it. Let's learn about it. Like, I want them to experience what life is. We don't right. have a lot of time. Right. Most of my experiences in life were, yeah, through the church. And I, I'm not looking back and being regretful on them because I've traveled a lot through the world doing that stuff. And the majority of the Bible speaks of being a kind, genuine, loving person. Right. Which is the majority of what I want to be as a human being, regardless of religion or not, right? So, and I think that as as uh, like a human, people should have inset in them to to be a good, a genuine good human. Right. Like we should care for each other. We should love each other. We should be accepting of each other. Doesn't mean we have to disregard our like morals, but we can still love people and respect them, right? Right. But like in theory, that's what Christianity is built on. It's just that like then when you put it in the man-made yeah you know because men construct of a church and often you're getting the bible and the foundation of christianity through one person's lens yeah and that's i think what distorts it for however many hundreds sometimes of people are sitting in that church and so i think it's that's the problem like ultimately like i already touched on the things that we're instilling in our kids are really the same things that are in the Bible. If you were to just pick it up outside of a church context, it's just the hi- the human hierarchy just kind of fucks with the yeah. whole thing. That's always been my beef with church. But I also, I mean, I just have a lot of different views on a lot of the traditions that come from like, I just, I don't really like conform to a lot of that shit. So like, why would I put that shit on my kids, you know? Yeah. But like also, but then even like a lot of those things, that was conflict that we had in the beginning of our relationship. Cause I was like, I'm a why I already touched on the fact that I didn't believe in marriage when we started dating and I was like the whole yet the first date you're like I'm marrying this guy mama yeah I already touched on that on my Instagram I didn't believe in marriage but I believed in you thank you but I would say to you all the time like but we don't have to get married because marriage is like basically us two committing to each other before God and like we could do that anytime anywhere yeah well think about 100 200 years ago like no, do, exactly. What do they think marriage was? It wasn't a piece of paper. There, no, it was I know. Like a, okay, in front of God, we're gonna say that we're married. We're but that's, one couple. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I always would say to you. And six years ago, you were like, no, no, no. Like we have to. Like we oh, have yeah. to do it this way. We have to. You know, like all of these things that you. Well, like you believed those things because you believed them so for so long. But you were already at that time battling through. Like, is this really? what I need to be doing, et cetera. And you and I have had private conversations before where it's like, looking back, we were like, 
the fuck were we doing? Like, there's so yeah. many things we would do differently now, knowing what we know now, being who we are now. Yeah, I wouldn't spend that much money on a wedding. Well, duh. <laughs> I think everybody fucking thinks that, like, immediately after the wedding. They're like, that was fun and all, but shit, dude. But, like, even just the time frame that we got married, like, all those kinds of yeah. things. Both of us look back and we're like, we did it because it was like the next step that we thought we needed to do, but we actually didn't, knowing what we know now, of course. But like, it's kind of funny thinking about that notion of like knowing what we know now, because switching gears like a little bit from faith to parenting. For me, like when I was pregnant with Wilder, only with Wilder, because obviously like when I was pregnant with Rosen, we already had one. So we kind of knew how we were as parents a little bit more. But definitely when I was pregnant with him, I expected myself to be like the more like safety concerned parent and for you to be like the very laid back parent. And that doesn't seem to be the case. And as time goes on, like it's just obviously new things happening with each of them. And like we've been through some situations where we're like holy shit we have like pretty different parenting styles first of all why do you think that is and secondly is the parenting experience so far living up to what you thought it was going to be or is it kind of like the way it is for me where it's you thought it was going to be like you being one way and whatever well we are very different but Mm -hmm. because i'm gone 11 hours of a day five days a week the only two hours a day i get to see them two two and a half i just want it to be fun because i just want to have a good night with the kids because i don't see them but that's the only time i get to be a parent too so i can't disregard my responsibilities as a parent and just constantly be like oh okay we can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. because i'm only here for two hours right now right i don't want to instill in them that like dad is just the fun right Right. Because I've heard you say things like that. And it's like, I don't want that to be reality to them because I want it to be a fair, uh, like, assessment of I've parenting. said things like that to them, to the kids? No, and like, in like conversations with uh, your, like your mom's house and stuff. Okay. You know, like, it's easy for me to come home and be the fun parent because I've only been around for two hours, but he's been a shithead for eight. Right. Right. So I don't want to come home. I don't want them to see me in a light that's different from you because they only see me for two hours a day besides the weekends. Yeah, but I think it's kind of inevitable for them to see us differently. Because that's fine. But I'm trying to say in those moments that I'm home, I want to still instill in them that I am a parent and I have the same goals as mom has. I want to relate to you or relate to the kids that. Okay, dad's home. Oh, now I can get away with things or now things are going to be harder. I don't want that. Like I want it to be a smooth transition to where, okay, dad's home. Mm -hmm. Whatever mom says is still what dad says. And whatever Mm -hmm. dad says when when, uh, he's home is what mom says. Like I want it to be a fair assumption between what parent. Yeah, I agree with you. I would just want like, which is tough because it is only two hours a day. So then there's multiple days where they are. Not even they. Like Rosen's not at that point yet. But Wilder can just be very difficult. And it's like, for me, mentally straining to deal with a child when you get home in the whole two hours, he's just incredibly difficult to deal with. It's like, oh, this makes it so nice. Like, maybe I should have just worked two more hours. Right. Hmm. So. But. 
What's your original question? Let me let me reframe it. Why do you think you're so concerned with safety? I think it might be because I don't see them as much. So I don't fully understand their capabilities for and their mindsets and understanding of what they're able to do. Right. Plus, I don't want them to do anything risky because if they get hurt while I'm home, it's like... You don't want to be responsible for that. Like you don't want to feel guilty uh, for them getting hurt. Yeah, because maybe I don't know their full understanding of what they're doing. Or... I have an unrealistic view on what they're able to do. So I kind of over helicopter parent Mm. them. Did you expect to be a helicopter parent before you had kids? Um, not at all. And then you have kids and you're like, fuck, I love this kid. I don't want him to hurt himself. I don't have that. Really? No, I don't. I'm like, fucking hurt yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to be like 20 and be like, oh my God, I can never hurt myself. Like I just don't want to raise little bitches. That, yeah, no. I and I I have I want that mindset. And today, while there was running down the hill yeah. on the grass, and then I looked over, and two steps later, he like fell and landed on the cement and like scratched his knee. And he was like, Wah! like just crying. I was just like, I didn't run to him. Yeah, which actually made me feel okay because I saw it. Right. Right. In that moment, I saw him hurt himself. I'm like, oh, he's fine. But it, did you know he was running down the hill before? No. He hurt? Okay, so if you had seen him running towards the hill, would you have been like, maybe don't do that? Like, because you're going to get hurt. No. Because that happened to us at the park. We were playing. Wilder was climbing up this, like, ladder thing yeah. that was maybe a little bit too big for him. And he had done it already, like, five or six times. And this one time, he was yeah. climbing up. And you looked at him and you were like, is that kind of scary? And as soon as you said that, he fell. And Dad's he, fault. No, that's not what I'm saying. I I, and I said to you in the moment, I said, look at the power of our words. Yeah. Because he had already done it five or six times and I didn't say anything about it other than like, rock on, buddy. Good job. You got to the top. And as soon as he realized, oh, this might be kind of scary. I didn't even think this was scary. Then he fell to me. And also, by the way, about the knee scraping thing, when he came inside, he was like, look, mom, I scraped my knee. And I was like, oh, no, what'd you do? And he was like, oh, I fell. And I was like, oh, are you you good? Do you need a bandage? He's like, no, I'm good. And I was like, okay, see? So it's like, I totally get where you're coming from. I was like, oh, I never want them to get hurt because I love them so much. But like, he was like, fuck, I scraped my knee. I'm on. I'm on to the next. You know what I mean? Well, in that moment when he scraped his knee, I literally, I didn't run to him. I just walked to him. I was like, are you okay? Showed me his knee and his finger. And I was just like, all right. But that's that's the thing, though. You're not a helicopter parent in the sense that like, you walk up to them and you're like, are you okay? Oh my God. But you are more just like a preemptive where you're like, don't do this because you might if get I this. If I saw him running down the hill, I'm like, hey, slow down. Yeah. You're going to fall and hit the concrete. You're always telling them about the worst case scenario. Like you're always like, oh, if you do this, this bad thing could happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, do it. If you fall off the coffee table, you're not going to fall off it again. You know what I mean? Until they do it again. And if they fall off it again, then fucking one day they'll figure it out. Or, or they trust their bodies enough to not get hurt. Anyways... You touched on being away for work so many hours a day being like a cause for concern of their safety. What other hardships or concerns does you being away bring up that I don't experience being home with them all day? Because we live a very different parenting experience just because you, you were, I mean, I also work, but I don't, I'm not gone as much as you. I think it really makes a difference if you trust your spouse if you're 
a person that is gone the majority of the time and you don't trust that your spouse is going to raise your kids right, then that's incredibly bad place to be in. But I do trust where you want to raise our kids and we've had, we've done the conversations and I want them to look back and not have to think that I was gone. Like, I don't want their mindset to be like, oh, well, dad was working. I want the moments that I am home to be engaging enough and that I have enough influence on them that they do remember those moments. So yeah, no, that's no question. It's more like when dad was home for those hours and for the weekends, like full days, it's like, that's when he taught me. Yeah, there's no question. You know, I'm not concerned about my influence on our kids, but it's like, when I do have those hours, it's like make them worth it. Time sure. time is not something you can change or you can add on to life or you like you can't stop time. or push time. Like but right? I think you are like you walk in the door and you're like on the floor playing with them or doing whatever they're yeah. doing, you're joining in. Like you are very engaged when you are here. I, I don't think that they're ever gonna be like, Oh well yeah, dad got home and you know, whatever or like you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like you get home at seven o'clock and then they go to bed at seven thirty. You yeah. get home at five. Like yeah. that's pretty normal, no, I feel like. But I also just want the mindset where I can take advantage of two hours. Cause there is times where it's like, I just wanna get home, sit on my phone or I could just yeah sit in the shower for an hour and a half because i'm just <laughs> exhausted or like wow there's in a bad mood so fuck why do i come home to this bullshit i could have worked for two more hours like i think it's just taking each day to its own just figure out what you have to do in that moment and make it worth it whether it's if wilder's in a bad mood okay then i'm gonna let him experience his time to himself and i'm gonna hang out with rosen for an extra half an hour like time is expensive Mm -hmm. like you can't get time back so make the most of it right now these are the days baby so just don't expect don't assume just be able to be in the um, moment in the moment have you always had that mindset be no, in the moment enjoy your day like those no, kinds of things so what all. led you to that mindset just experiencing life what does that mean being married to someone that had different mindsets to you not even being married just being around whether it's friends or whether it's a significant other being around people that have different outlooks on life than you to where or having an open mindset to where you can Take in information and kind of rely on your own mind to assess what you just took in and you can, for your own well-being, come to a conclusion that's going to help you in that moment, right? I, I just don't think it's healthy to assume that a day is going to go a certain way and if it doesn't, it's going to ruin your day because then what's the point of that day then? How does that translate then to your irritation and frustration and disappointment when you get home and Wilder's in a bad mood? Mm. Well... As much as you can have that mindset, when reality hits, it's hard to stay positive because who knows what that day shoveled to you with work and with anything that went on, right? So if I come home and while there's in a bad mindset, it's like if I already had a bad day, then my my attention span is already short. So 
then I just keep trying to tell myself that it's like, well, it's your kid. Like, you don't want your work stuff to bleed over into your kid's life. But I mean, we're not all perfect, so it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't always relate that way. Well, it doesn't uh, have to. Yeah, it doesn't have to, but. Like, they need to understand the reality of the world, too. Like. Yeah. And if he's having a bad day, then if he's got to spend some time by himself, spend some time by yourself. (laughs) How do you explain that to a two and a half? I know. Well, I have been very privileged to see you transform and change over the last almost decade. Um, Damn. And to see the growth and the change of just mindsets and just all the things that you have been through and overcome and experienced and learned about yourself and applied and watching you become a parent and all of these things has been I mean, not always easy, but always very teaching to me, especially to watch you navigate like re-evaluating your faith situation, starting therapy, these major mental and emotional transitions. Watching those has been exceptional. So with those things in mind, with all of the evolutions that you've been through, what do people need to know about really diving in, re-examining their life views, growing out of their old skin, like you were saying, and just kind of like living in the now? There's no definite answer to anything. Mm. I think we live in a lifestyle, especially in North America, where we have so much in front of us and we have every answer we can get in front of us. Right. But you have responsibilities, whether it's being a parent or your job or just being a good person. It's like you can't expect or assume that things are going to go a certain way. Just experience what you're experiencing try and learn what helps you as a person to get through things emotionally like deal with yourself first right learn yourself try and figure out what you went through in your growing up stages and whether that turns into you going to therapy or not think about how it relates to the decisions you make nowadays and I don't know. Just don't like don't assume that life is going to be a certain way because it's never going to ever turn out right the way you think it's going to be. Just kind of roll with the punches and like have some goals in the future, but like just don't structure it all too much. As fucking mundane mundane as it seems, life's too short, bruh. Amen, brother. <laughs> bruh. It's never going to be easy. That is true, but it's always going to be worth it, baby. Well, thank you for joining me on my podcast. It was really hard to schedule you in. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being so open and sharing with me. Don't sound so fake. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can I get a fucking outro done here? Okay, get it. Are you done? Yeah, do it. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. I appreciate you giving me your time. I know it's so valuable. Thank you. Okay, well, good night. Night. Love you. Love you too. Wow. It's so interesting to listen to these back. I mean, like I said, this was recorded in May of 2022. I feel like not only am I a different person, a different wife, a different mother, but I'm also a totally different podcast host. It's so, I don't know. It's so funny to see these differences. I mean, 
a lot of the way that Jordan and I interact is still the same in that we make fun of each other and we just are really silly and I don't know, just kind of always razzing each other. But I will say that like internally, we're just a, a lot different. Like we're just a lot more communicative and understanding of each other. Obviously, Jordan touches on some pretty serious things in there, like his anxiety through the pandemic and as a parent. And at that time, our youngest was only just one. And now our kids are four and two and a half. So, I mean, a lot of time has gone by. We've obviously gotten a lot more comfortable in our roles and routines and just as they grow, we grow, of course. And so not that these things don't apply, just that it's different. I don't know. We're just more settled, I guess. And in the growth that we've had in our relationship together, obviously more settled in like each other's abilities and giving each other the space to be the parents that they are. I will say like parenting is still probably the number one thing that we disagree on where we just have very different parenting styles which is fine it's interesting but fine (laughs) um but with that said like looking back on just like even Jordan talking about the kids getting hurt and how he doesn't see them as often because he's at work and all these things like him being at work that many hours a day is still 100% true it's still the same routine the same schedule those kinds of things but again I think it's just that more comfortability. I don't know. It's kind of sweet and funny to hear like at the beginning, the joking about the drinks and the, the fucking DJ bullshit. Like that is my everyday life. You guys, this is how he actually is. He's so silly and like funny. And honestly, sometimes I take that for granted. And sometimes it actually does annoy me because I'm either like trying to make dinner or I just got home or whatever the case is. But honestly, he is a hoot to live with and I'm very grateful that he's such a silly little guy because it makes my life (laughs) entertaining at the least I don't know there's never a dull moment um the other interesting thing to me was Jordan talking about his anxiety like obviously we had just come off the pandemic and everything was still pretty rocky as far as like getting back to some sense of normalcy and newness and I mean, his anxiety had gone down a lot at that point, but compared to now, it's so interesting. Like, I guess at that point, I thought his anxiety had gone down a lot, but even just hearing the difference in how he talked about it in the episode versus now, it's night and day. And it just is such a reminder of like how far he's come and how much work he's put into growing and shifting and evolving and you know, recovering, honestly, from that intense anxiety that takes a lot out of a person. And I'm just really proud of him. And I forget sometimes how intense it was because it feels like so long ago at this point. It's kind of crazy how fast time goes, actually. I noticed that a couple points too throughout our conversation, I could tell, could you guys tell? I could tell that I was getting like a little bit irritated or frustrated or annoyed at different things that he was doing or the way that he was talking that really would only annoy me because I'm married to the guy and I live with him and I spend so much time with him. But it's such a reminder too of how much change we have done together. Not only has he grown and worked at evolving and being better, but together we've really made a lot of steps to improve our quality of life, our relationship, our communication. And that's not to say that I don't still get irritated. I mean, like I said, some days he's just being silly and I'm like, oh my God, I'm busy right now. That's 
life. Obviously, we all know that that goes without saying, but it was so impactful for me and such a good reminder to hear the insane difference that again, probably only I or he would notice in the way that we communicated. I am honestly so grateful for this new stage that we're in, this new chapter that we've started in our relationship. And like over the last year and a bit since we recorded that episode, like individually, we've done so much self-discovery and so much intentional work within ourselves and together, but it starts with yourself, honestly. And like things are so different. Things are so different between us. And I really need to convince this guy to come through more often so that we can talk about that a little bit more. Obviously, it's not just my journey to share. And I would love to have him on to talk about that. The guy is pretty shy. Actually, one fun fact about the episode that you guys just heard, we actually had to restart. We were probably like 15 or 20 minutes into recording and we had to completely restart because he was so nervous. He's actually quite shy and a bit of like a quiet guy until you know him <laughs> or until he's comfortable, I guess. And then, um, and then he clearly just opens right up. Uh, but he was definitely in his head in the beginning. And so for that reason, it's hard to get him to come on and talk and share, which is why he was never on stupid cute when it was running. I mean, we had, um, Jesse on Aaron's husband and I mean, he's more equipped for public speaking and sharing and things like that, but I'm going to work on it and have Jordan come through in season two because yeah, we have a lot to share. And I think, I mean, I think our story is interesting and the changes that we've made are worth hearing, but maybe I'm biased. Regardless, I will work on it and have him on. So that wraps up this after party and my thoughts for this episode. I hope you guys stick around for the next one. I will see you guys in two weeks. In the meantime, you can always follow along at Stupid Cute Club for updates and information and what we've got going on for the club. And if you want to follow along for more of my personal journey, I'm in stories a lot on my personal page. So you can follow me at Haley Craig. Both of those are linked in the show notes and I will see you guys real soon. Love you. Bye. And if you really can't get enough, you can also join our newsletter. We do those on the off week of the episode. So also bi-weekly, the opposite week. So you're never without me, teehee. And there you get just like a little look at what's going on day to day in my real life, where I'm at, what's going on, because of course, all of these are backdated interviews. And so if you want to keep up on present day Haley, social media, the newsletter, that's where it's at. Yeah. Other than that, I will see you guys two weeks from now. Love you. Bye.